There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me today here on WCN-TV. We're going to be discussing human trafficking, human sex trafficking, and all of the things that go along with that. Let me give you an explanation or rather a definition of that first. Human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of people through force, fraud, or deception with the aim of exploiting them for profit. Men, women, and children of all ages and from all backgrounds can become victims of this crime, which occurs in every region of the world. The traffickers often use violence or fraudulent employment agencies and fake promises of education or job opportunities to trick and coerce their victims. Here in the United States, the Department of State defines trafficking of persons human trafficking, and modern slavery as interchangeable terms, referring to, and this is a quote, a crime whereby traffickers exploit and profit at the expense of adults or children by compelling them to perform labor or engage in commercial sex. When a person younger than 18 is used to perform a commercial sex act, it is a crime regardless of whether there is any force, fraud, or coercion. U.S. federal law defines severe forms of trafficking as sex trafficking in which a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, and in which the person induced to perform such act has not attained 18 years of age, or the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for labor or services through the use of force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of subjugation to involuntary servitude peonage, debt bondage, or slavery. Friends, the sex and labor trafficking industry is second only to drug trafficking as the world's largest criminal industry, according to the International Labor Organization and the nonprofit Polaris Project. In a 2018 report from the U.S. government, reports of child sex trafficking rose, now get this, 850% in a recent five-year period. That's the real pandemic right there, friends. My guest today is Deja Edwards. 
We have chatted before. I love this lady, her passion to help people. She has earned a master's degree in biblical counseling, worked as a public instructor for nearly three decades. She has served as an advocate for women caught in unhealthy relationships, including sex trafficking. She is the author of Shattered Innocence, which is the the uh, subject of our conversation today, which explains how girls can be forced or trapped in the sex trade. Deja's website is deeplylovedbyhim.com. Deeplylovedbyhim.com. Deja, welcome to Wisconsin Christian News TV. Thank you very much. I enjoy being on your show, Dr. Spalding. Well, thank you for for taking the time um, to to join us. This book, I I, I told you when when we chatted uh, some months back um, on another platform. This book, Shattered Innocence, it it is such a clear message, such a clarion call to parents of the necessity to talk to their children about predators that are especially on the internet and alert them to the signs that that they're in danger, in danger of being groomed, abducted, and harmed. Is that message gaining any ground today uh, with parents, Deja, in your opinion? Well, I think so. Um, There is an organization right now called Bark US, and what it is, it's an app that a parent can install on the internet and what it does is it monitors the content that's going on on the internet it manages the screen time it sets location alerts and it filters websites so parents are so busy nowadays this thing actually does this app bark.us actually does everything for you so you feel comfortable that your child is not becoming a victim of some predator online. And the sad thing is these predators, they mask themselves as another teenager or, you know, or, or a female that wants to be their friend, you know, and they, they target these vulnerable children, you know, who says, nobody likes me. What's wrong with me? And, oh, but we're looking at you and we think you're beautiful. You're not that, you know, and they, they have this friend, you know, this, this imaginary friend who they see a picture of, but it isn't really the person. And then eventually what happens is they talk to this person for a while. And then this person says, Hey, why don't we meet up? And then when they meet up, they're shoved in a car and taken away and their life has changed forever. Yeah. Yeah. Deja, how prevalent do you think it is um, today? And and thank you for bringing up bark.us and, and folks, I would, uh, I would encourage you if you have young children uh, at home or, or, or young grandchildren, I would encourage you to check out that, that website and see what they offer as far as um, helping you understand what's going on. Uh, on the internet, perhaps in your home or your adult children's home, your your grandchildren. Um, I I wonder though, uh, Deja, how how prevalent do you think it is um, that parents think, well, that 
trafficking, kidnapping and trafficking and these kinds of things, that only happens to somebody else. That could never happen to me or my family or my child. No, and they think they, you know, that happens in New York City or it happens in Los Angeles. And, you know, I live in a very small rural town here in California. And I just went to a meeting and this is what they told me. If there is a motel in your town, there's trafficking going on. And a couple of statistics I wanted to share. Um, Donald Washington, who is a director of the U.S. Marshals Service, he says every 40 seconds a child is abducted in the United States. Every community has predators looking for easy prey. Whether a child is 18 or 8 years old, he or she is at risk simply because many communities refuse to believe that, like you said, a trafficking happens here in their neighborhood. It's going on in the schools. And this is what blew my mind. It says it's even happening in churches. Also, wow. Tim Ballard, who is part, he's the head of an organization called Operation Underground Railroad. Um, a few weeks ago, he rescued 70 missing children. He said out of these children, most of them were runaways. You know, traffickers are businessmen. They prey on chaos. Mm-hmm. They find these children at truck stops, at shelters, and they jump on the opportunity to be these children's family. Yeah, yeah. Ran across some statistics too, um, uh, Deja, that says, and this is conservatively speaking, there are over 40 million victims of various forms of trafficking right now globally. 40 million, friends. Let that sink in for a second. And of that number, of that number, sex trafficking accounts for approximately 80%. So, 32 million, conservatively speaking, globally are being subjected to sex trafficking today. Yes, and I even think it's getting to be more of a business than drug trafficking. Why? Because you can sell a child over and over again. And it just breaks my heart. I mean, I had a daughter. She's grown up now. But I think about, you know, that was years ago when things were a little different. Nowadays, it just scares me when I'm at a mall or in any parking lot and I see these parents. For instance, the other day I was at the grocery store and a parent was loading her groceries in the car. She had a baby in the car seat. Her back was turned to the baby. Within seconds, somebody could have pulled up, snatched that baby out and been gone. So. I just talk to these people, you know, because most people, they're just not aware. And that's what we have to do. That's one of the reasons I wrote my book. We need to increase awareness. Yes, yes, amen. And, you know, the media, the media needs to talk about it more. Yes. They're ignoring it. They are ignoring it. Yes, that's right. For the most part, they are ignoring it. And Dr. Spalding, I think the most important thing we need to do today is give all your listeners the trafficking hotline. Yes, yes, yes. 
Do you have that, sir? I do. I do. I do. So, so uh, Spencer, the National Human Trafficking Hotline number is 888-373-7888. And they can text also this number, 233733, the Human Trafficking Hotline text number. Both of those are very, very important for us to uh, make our audience aware of. There you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, And the thing is, don't be afraid to make that phone call, even if it's a mistake, even if you, it's not really trafficking happening, because maybe one time out of 10 it is, and you might be the person who saves that child. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. So some of the signs, markers, you discuss them. And again, friends, I'm talking with author Deja Edwards. The book is Shattered Innocence, A Journey to Restoration. Um, And this is a this is actually a true story. This was based off of uh, the life and the the events of someone that uh, Deja became very, very close to. In fact, and um, it's a, it's a very good book. It's an eye-opening book, um, and just amazing uh, the grace of God that that comes into this situation and 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 saves the subject of this book. But you talk about some signs, um, markers, if you will, that traffickers look for and um, uh, exploit in their their intended victims. That's exactly what you were just talking about with uh, with the internet. Um, how how folks present themselves as somebody that they're not gain um, gain the friendship of of people over the internet set up a set up a, a time and place to meet and then in many instances um, that person's not seen for unfortunately but there are markers that traffickers look for could could you share what some of those are Deja. Okay. Well, like you talked about, grooming is the process of befriending and building trust with the child. Sometimes the family of the child. You know, to be honest, when I was um, a lot younger, I lived in Hawaii. And the principal of the school was having a party. I worked at a Christian school. And he was having a barbecue at his house. And a very close friend of him came there to the party and within an hour, his daughter was missing. And unfortunately, this friend who he trusted took the child and they found her deceased. Mm -hmm. And these things happen. You just can't trust anybody. You need to be careful. Even when things, even when people you trust are in your home with your children, so traffickers follow the same steps. They gain the victim's trust. They provide for the victim's needs. They buy them things. You know, so you need to be careful. If things come into your home that you don't know where they came from, a cell phone, new clothes, makeup, anything that you don't know where they came from, you need to be aware of this. Then they isolate the victim. They force them into trafficking. So they identify with somebody who's vulnerable, 
who has a need, and they come across as friendly and attentive. Like I said, they shower them with affection, attention, gifts, and false promises. Anything to hook them. You know, and lastly, they isolate the victim and the abuse begins. Parents need to be aware of these signs, being of the child being secretive about how they're spending their time, even including when they're online, maybe having an older boyfriend, having money, like I said, having things like clothes, mobile phone, or money that they can't explain, spending more or less time online or on their other devices. You know, that's why I suggest that you get something like Bark.us, something to monitor the Internet. If I had a, a teenager today, the computer would be in the kitchen so I could see what was going on there. Yeah. Because they're even coming through gaming on the Internet now, which I don't know how they're doing that. But these are things that we need to be aware of. Yeah. Well, we're going to stray into an area now, Deja, that a lot of people might be surprised to learn um, is a problem. And um, what I'm talking about is is our foster care system and our child protective services system. Um, there are many good folks involved in, in um, these missions for children and families that have have suffered already, but there are also a good number of people uh, involved in foster care for the wrong reasons, as well as child protective services. And it is a fact, a fact, friends, that hundreds, hundreds of children disappear. I'll say it again, disappear from the foster care system, from Child Protective Services custody. And you can check this for yourself. They disappear and they're never heard from again. Their records are scrubbed clean. Now you you answer me this question, how is that even possible in a system that's designed to care for children, their well-being, their security, and their safety? There's something wrong in these systems today, isn't there, Deja? There certainly is. And unfortunately, it's one word, money. Mm. You know, the people that are fostering these children, I'm not saying all of them. Like you said, there's good people out there. But a lot of people take in these children just for the extra money. Mm -hmm. And the caseload on these social workers or the people handling this, it's impossible for them to keep up with it. And what happens is these children are abused at home. They're they're physically abused. A lot of times right out of the foster home, they could be trafficked. And if they're not trafficked out of the foster home and they run away, like I said before, these predators are businessmen. They're preying on vulnerability. They go to shelters. They go to truck stops. They go wherever, you know, they go to a place like you can drive down in Los Angeles, down Hollywood Boulevard, and you'll see 20 to 30 children that you know have run away. You can just look at them. 
and see that they've run away from something. And so they know how to spot a runaway. They know how to spot someone who's vulnerable. And what do they do? They come up to them. They offer, oh, maybe I can take you to dinner. They become their friend. And eventually they think they're going to become their family. And these children have nowhere to go. And they think this may be a better life than what happened to them in foster care. Yes, there needs to be some kind of check and balances with foster care. Unfortunately, it's gotten out of control, especially in larger cities. Yes. Yeah. So the question that arises, I'm, I'm sure, for those who have joined us for this broadcast, um, Deja, is they're wondering, well, what can what can ordinary people do to help um, in this situation? Uh, my my first suggestion would be this, and then I'll pass it back to you, Deja. My my first suggestion would be this, friends. If if you have friends or family that are are foster parents you know of uh, of these children, there's nothing wrong with watching the situation, keeping an eye on the situation. And if you see anything that is suspect, then I would encourage you to have that conversation. Um, and if there is, if there is denial, hostility, uh, defensiveness, uh, any kind of evasiveness, then I would encourage you to follow up, take that next step. Um, as as Deja mentioned, you could be saving somebody's life. So don't take it for granted just because you know somebody or this is family or friends and they're foster parents. And, and yeah, it's it's not an ideal situation. And don't overlook things. I, I guess that's my message. Don't don't overlook things. Um, is there anything else that that ordinary people can do in this situation um, to help Deja? Well, what I would like to see happen is the church get more involved? Mm. Um, I know churches that actually work with adoption agencies, with foster care agencies, to bring these children in to a Christian family so these children can be raised as Christians. And unfortunately, we can see right now that the government is not doing their job. So the church has to take the place, get involved, and help these children. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing I think that to get people involved is, you know, you, you may not be out there rallying on the street corners, but we have congressmen. And, you know, although the number of laws for sex trafficking have gone up worldwide, the number of human traffickers who are actually prosecuted hasn't. Unfortunately, laws are useless unless enforced. So what can we do? We can start writing letters to our senators, to our governors. Get involved that way. Keep an eye out. Um, There is an organization right now called Airline Airline Ambassadors International. And what they do is they actually provide training to flight attendants, to recognize and report any suspicion of trafficking and stay involved during the flight. Watch what's happening. And I know the last time I talked to you, Dr. Spaulding, I think I told you about a JetBlue flight going into New York. 
and how they rescued several children and the children led them to a trafficking ring in Miami where they had been transported from only because the airline personnel had been trained and knew what to look for. So if you're in a restaurant, any public place, look to see if a child with an adult looks uncomfortable. If something isn't right, make a phone call. But what I do all the time is I'm writing letters. I'm talking to people that could get, you know, that could do something about it. We've got to get involved. There's just too many children that are disappearing, being exploited, and it's just breaking my heart. Yes. You know, there just recently, I think it was on a, a Fox News broadcast that they were talking about, about the border. They were talking about, and this just broke my heart. I mean, first they said that if you look at the photographs, the pornography pornography photographs, they're not just children anymore. They're toddlers that are being distributed on the Internet. The other thing is these children at the southern border aren't just being trafficked, not just being used for pornography, but now they're using their organs. They're taking these children and they're drugging them, taking their organs and selling them for profit. You know, we, you know, the Bible says, you know, if you hurt one of these little ones, it's better to have a millstone put around your neck and drowned in the sea. I know I didn't quote it perfectly, but I just can't, even in the prison, you know, if you hurt a child, there's, there's a, there's a whole thing that goes on there. They don't like people who hurt children, even in prison. You know, we're talking about these babies that haven't, they've lost their childhood. And that's what, that's what hurts my heart so much is they've taken away their childhood. You know, even if they're rescued, it takes a long time for these children to be healed. And you've taken away the most precious gift, the gift of childhood from them. Yes, yep, that's absolutely right. Friends, I'm speaking with author Deja Edwards. The book is Shattered Innocence. Um, this is a, a very serious subject matter. Thank you, um, producer. Uh, DeeplyLovedByHim.com is the website. Deeply Loved By Him. Um, get the book there. I know it's available on Amazon and other places. So I would encourage you to do that. Thank you for mentioning the Airline Ambassadors International Organization as well. Uh, you can look those folks up. Um, perhaps we've got somebody who has tuned into this broadcast and they work for the airline industry and they didn't know that that this even existed. So <clears throat> Airline Indust- Airline Ambassadors International is the name of the organization. Again, the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 888-373-7888, 888-373-7888. And I'm going to encourage you to do something, friends. Write that number down. Write it on a on an index card. Uh, maybe write it on a couple of index cards. Put it in the glove box of your vehicle. And if you happen to come across a situation where you think it's warranted and you can do so, 
give that index card with that national hotline, national human trafficking hotline number on it to someone that you suspect may be involved, may be a victim. Um, And then you might want to make a phone call. So in addition to the national human trafficking hotline, there's also a text number uh, that you can use. And that number is 233733. 233733, um, you can text to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So girls who, who, who run away, and even now, boys, it used to be almost exclusively girls, but not, not, not today. Boys are, are just as susceptible to uh, sex trafficking as girls uh, once were. Um, Parents, we have got to to get serious about protecting our children. Um, Bark.us is one way to do that. There are many other ways, and I know, um, Deja, you you have some of those that that you can share with our our viewers. Um, What's working against us today, Deja, is is this idea that that, – Parents are out of touch. Children don't trust their parents. They try to keep, you know, things secret and secluded from their parents, what's going on in their lives. Parents, you've got to find a way to be involved in your children's lives. If you don't know their friends, if they stop by with people and you don't know the names of these friends of theirs, you've got some work to do. If you don't know the names of their friends and you don't know the families they come from, I suggest that you start learning that information finding out who it is that your children are are running with and who they're being influenced by. And um, you might be concerned, surprised, shocked, and, and concerned with the company that your children are, are keeping. And remember, the company that your children keep are going to influence them for good or for bad. So invest some time in understanding what's going on in your children's life. That is one way to protect our children. Is it not, Deja? Absolutely. You know, you need to talk to your children. I know in the way the world is today, I I grew up in a home where my mother got to stay home. So that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, two parents are working. You've got to find time to talk to your child. Talk openly, talk often, and talk with love. You know, like like Dr. Spalding said, create an inner circle that is trusted and vetted and allows for open communication. You know, ensure you have access to your children's accounts and their direct messages. You know, report any inappropriate activity. You know, check on comments that your child posts. You know, and like he said, make sure you know who they're hanging around with. Yeah. Yeah. So this goes without saying, but there is a direct, not a not a dotted line, not a not a a sort of maybe relationship. There is a direct relationship between sexual abuse and sex trafficking, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. Specialists in the field will tell you that in a situation in a home life, a situation where sexual abuse is going on, that exponentially increases the likelihood that the one being sexually abused is going to be 
um, involved in sex trafficking. Again, uh, groomers look for certain traits in people and they can spot. It, it's, it's amazing to me, but these people can spot uh, men and women, young boys and young girls who are being sexually abused and um, win their trust. And the next thing that they know, that nightmare is starting over in a whole new different context. Yep. They prey on those who are economically or socially vulnerable. Like you said, it's a business. You yeah. know, these, these people are out there roaming the neighborhoods, looking, looking for people. You know, they could show up at your church, show up at a school. Yeah, yeah. And the testimonies, Deja, of people that have come out of certain lifestyles, um, even of those rescued from sex trafficking, point to the fact that they were groomed. <laughs> they themselves were groomed. That's that's their own testimony. So, so. We need to be aware of that as family members. Um, we need to keep an eye on our children, on our grandchildren, and and be aware of of what's going on, the the relationships in the family, and don't be afraid um, to have that conversation. And some of you may be thinking, "Well, I could never bring that subject up uh, to someone in my family because you know that may might create hard feelings." If you suspect that someone's being sexually abused or even trafficked and you're more concerned about hard feelings, I think you need to reevaluate that. What do you say, Deja? Yes, and you need to talk to your talk to the girls mostly, but even young boys. Mm-hmm. You know, is your uncle, is your grandpa, is somebody touching you in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable? You know, has someone approached you? on the street, on the internet, things that make you feel uncomfortable. You've got to talk openly about that because, unfortunately, sexual abuse is happening in families. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, it was my grandfather. And he told me, if you tell, they're not going to believe you. And if you tell, I'm going to go after your younger sister. They're always threatening you, even the predators, even the traffickers. They will tell you, you know, if you try to escape, if you don't do what I say, I'm going after one of your family members or I'm going to hurt your parents. So they instill fear to make you comply. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, abductions are concerned, Deja, is, is it accurate to say that a large percentage or, or, or a majority of those that uh, find themselves as victims of, of sex trafficking are abducted? Um, I would say, yes, I'd say that um, at least half of them are abducted um, off the street, off of but it's it's even happening. They're even paying. This is this is the saddest part. They're paying teenage boys and teenage girls to help them get another child. You know, right in a school, they could target some girl who needs money, comes from a poor family. We'll give you this much money. 
if you can get your friend to come with us. You know, she may not even know what's going on. You know, we want we want a date with your friend. Can you bring her to this spot and we want to meet her? We'll give you this much money. And just like in my book, the boy who helped have my my main character trafficked was given thousands of dollars to pretend that he was interested in her. And she was a young girl. She hadn't even dated yet. To have an older boy interested in her, she loved the attention. So she went along with it only to find out that he was getting money to have her taken. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is, as you say, uh, Deja, an increasing uh, part of the sex trafficking industry using peers to entice and um, have these young people put their guard down because in a a good many families, I, I think it's still true that, that parents teach their children, be very, very careful. If you don't know somebody, don't trust this person. Um, and yet, peers seem to be able to accomplish something. Yes, for some reason, they'll trust their friends. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, in the book, again, friends, Shattered Innocence. Shattered Innocence. Deja Edwards is the author. This is a true story about um, a young lady that... Uh, Deja became familiar with, uh, became friends with, helped, um, and this is her story. It's it's a very riveting story, very very interesting. And again, as I, I said when we started this this conversation, uh, it would be a great book for parents of children to read um, because it'll tell them, listen, you're certainly not immune. This could happen to anyone, and in fact. It's happening all over small town USA. Don't think it's just the cities. No. Because that's that's simply not the case anymore. People that have been uh, victims to human sex trafficking, I I imagine that it can be very difficult to, to... Gain a normal life is is that even an appropriate word to use at this point to gain a gain a normal life after all of these deep emotional scars and 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 wounds? Um, the main character that you were talking about is is uh, uh, her name in the book is Lindy. For those of you who who are going to get the book, um, but that that's a difficult thing. I, I personally I couldn't even. Imagine how difficult that would be. Uh, Lindy, over the course of many years, does, was able to, to, to have a, a normal life, a husband, a family. Um, but what are some of the biggest obstacles or challenges that you've learned over the years from, from victims? Many of these women, boys, whomever, they feel a sense of guilt and shame. You know, they blame themselves for allowing this to happen to themselves. Mm. They don't realize the fear and the pressure that was put on them. So how can this be overcome? Well, there's counselors, medical staffs. A lot of times there's medical, physical 
harm that has been done, especially to the girls. And so the medical staff, education, and churches definitely need to be part of this trauma recovery. They need to be surrounded with people who love them and who love Jesus. Yes. You know, even Christian caregivers, they need to move slowly since the traumatized brain is very fragile. So you have to move slowly to gain their trust because Mm -hmm. their guilt is overwhelming. But when you explain God's forgiveness and how his love is free, it makes us it makes it possible for them to identify with a suffering Christ, one who was innocent and violated just like they were, one who identifies with their pain and their brokenness. And when they can identify that, when they can see that Christ also suffered like they did, he, his body, his, every part of him was broken just like they were. In time, hope, self-affirmation and a new identity in Christ will eventually replace their shame. And this doesn't always happen overnight, but that's why churches again need to get involved. Yes. Yes. And as a biblical counselor, um, you have certainly dealt with a number of, of uh, individuals who have found themselves victims of this. And, um, and you're right. The church needs to reach out to become involved in in this. Um, it's really a ministry of restoration, friends. Think of it that way. Um, what the what the evil one uh, attempted to steal, attempted to destroy. Um, we have been given the the wonderful blessing from God to be His hands and His feet of of restoration and reconciliation, and and we have that message. We have that ministry of hope that so many need to hear. Um, One of the biggest components of standing against uh, sex trafficking is uh, educating ourselves, educating ourselves about what is happening. And, And my advice, friends, if I could give you some, is not to wait until this happens to someone that you love, but instead Educate yourself now. Understand what the signs are. Um, There are many organizations that we've already mentioned that provide materials and information and assistance for those wishing to become involved in in ending trafficking of every kind. Uh, Deja has already mentioned Bark.us, Bark.us, and also the Airline Ambassadors International. Um, We've had the hotline number up. It is 888-373-7888, 888-373-7888, or you can text 233-733. So there are some statistics. Six million children covered 629,000 severe self-harm situations detected, 2.6 million severe bullying situations detected, those are amazing, amazing statistics. Um, some of the things that um, that have worked for you over the years, Deja, as a counselor, um, to help parents, because this isn't just about uh, the counselor and and the victim that is that is delivered or rescued. 
this is about this this impacts and affects the entire family doesn't it in in the recovery period actually yes absolutely you know cuz the victim may feel that their trafficker is still out there searching for them so unless that person has been prosecuted cuz a lot of times these people get a slap on the wrist and they're gone we saw what happened with Jeffrey Epstein Jeffrey Epstein might be dead but where's all the people that worked with him? Mm-hmm. They're not dead. You know, it's still happening. You know, and a lot of times the traffic person, even when they're rescued, they're ashamed to return home. So what do the parents have to do? You have to love them. You have to give them space. You have to get them into some kind of counseling. They need to be in a church setting where they can feel the love of God. You know, because the guilt and shame that's on them, you know, they have dark secrets inside of them, the things that were done to them. And no matter how much help they get, they still feel like they're dirty. So you have to take time. A lot of times I know that girls that I've worked with before, they, they're they plagued with flashback and horrific nightmares. Mm-hmm. So these are things that parents need to be aware of. People that help these people need to be aware of. And I'm not trying to promote somebody else's book, but this is a wonderful resource. It's called Voices Against Trafficking, The Strength of Many Voices Speaking at One as One. It gives you that's where I found that bark.us. It has a lot of good information, what you can do. It's talked about the ambassadors, the airline ambassadors. That's where I got that information. But it, the thing that really gets to me in this book and will, will really touch your heart, it actually has stories of people who were trafficked. What happened to them, what happened to them, how, they, how their life was restored, how they were able to move forward. And what's wonderful about people that have been trafficked, a lot of them go in to helping other people too because you know what happens to you is never this is what somebody told me a long time ago because I've been through a lot in my life somebody told me once one of my mentors what happens to you is never just for you it's for the person you can help and so that's why all my books have been to help women because I went through a lot of abuse in a former marriage And I don't want to see any woman to ever go through those things because the main thing that somebody told me is the things that happen to you do not define you. Your identity is in Christ, who he says you are. Not for the person who hurt you, not for a person who abused you. Your identity comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is so true. And that's a good message for people to always bear in mind because... People that abuse other people um, don't just abuse them physically. They abuse them mentally and emotionally, hoping that they'll they'll cave into that fear and that despair and they'll become perpetual prisoners in, in their own mind, thinking that they're worthless, that God doesn't love them, that there's nothing that can can happen that will change their lives. And that is simply not the case at all. Yeah, and if they're not getting the love and the affirmation, 
we don't want them to go ahead and take their own lives because they can't function in the world that they've come back to. Yes. So we need to surround these people with love, with affirmation that they're okay. What happened to you is not about you. It's about the person that is sick that did this to you. You were just a victim. Yes. Yes. Well, we, we've spent uh, the show talking about what we can do to, to help um, the victims to, to put uh, systems in place where this doesn't happen to anybody that we love or, or know. Let's, let's talk about um, what we can do for our children. Um, what they can do for themselves perhaps is a better way to, to put that. Um, what do you think, uh, Deja, about enrolling our children in self-defense courses? Is, is, that a, is that a good strategy, and have you seen that employed? Actually, in, the, in that book that I just shared with you, um, Voices Again Trafficking, they actually say that now a lot of self-defense studios will give free self-defense classes for these children. You know, if if that's the reason you're putting them there. So I would check that out as a parent. You know, I would also make sure that these children know, you know, you're not trying to scare them, but you've got to tell them the truth. There are people out there, you know, especially young, 12, 13-year-olds. There are people out there who want to hurt you. They're out there. And you can actually show them documentaries, not to scare them, but to let them know what's going on. You know, not not the movies in Hollywood, but you can actually see documentaries of children that, that have been taken from some rural town in Indiana somewhere. And then he they were moved across the country. You know, and, and it's sad because I remember... Um, there's a, a a fellow author, and you know what? Right now, I can't think of his name, but he he is a best selling author. But he started writing books on trafficking, and his name will come to me as soon as we get off the air. I know that, but he said that, and this is a true story. He said that he was doing a book signing in a small town in Indiana, middle of the heartland of the country. And he said he walked into, it was, you know, it was probably a holiday inn or something like that. And a man in a business suit approached him and said, um, are you here by yourself? He said, yeah. And he said, um, I've got a bunch of girls over here in this room. He said, would you like to have a good time tonight? He said his first inclination was to knock the guy out. You know, he just wanted to hit him really hard. He said he went to his room. He called his wife. They prayed for those girls. Then he called the police. And there were four girls in that room, and they were rescued that night. If that can happen in a small town in Indiana, Mm -hmm. it can happen anywhere. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Charles Martin. (laughs) There it is. Charles Martin. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, in your book, the, the one thing that changed everything for Lindy, the main character, was first receiving the love of Jesus through an elderly uh, 
widower named Sam. I, I really liked that, uh, that element in the story. And then through the love of Jesus, through her in-laws. And, and that's, that's a great way to end that book that, that Christ heals and restores what evil seeks to destroy most certainly. And so if, if you have joined us for this show and, uh, and, and you are encouraged by, by uh, Deja's uh, testimony and what she's talking about. Uh, if you have the opportunity to get the book, Shattered Innocence, um, I think it's going to bless you. Uh, Deja, what, what do you want readers at the end of the day, after having wrote this on such a serious, serious subject, what do you hope readers will take away from, from your book? Well, what I want them to know is that we serve a God who has a ministry of recon- reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my main character, not only did she restore herself, but she went on to help restore her in-laws as well. Mm-hmm. You know, she discovered that nothing she could do would ever separate her from the love of God. She learned that forgiveness she even had to forgive the people who abducted her. You know, we need to learn forgiveness because forgiveness is not for us. I mean, not for the other person. It's for us. It releases us from the burden that they're carrying, that we're carrying. Somebody once said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison that's meant for someone else. And I want I want them to know that Christ sees the suffering and his shame and his struggles that we face because his job. And like I said, in my book, I talked about the Japanese art of Kintsuki, where they take a broken vessel. They fuse it back together with precious metals. What God does is he takes his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and he fuses our lives back together. Even if we're not trafficked, even if we've come from a broken relationship, a broken marriage, any kind of sexual abuse, he will restore the broken pieces of our lives. And what I'd like you to do, Dr. Spalding, you can give someone, if I can give you my email, if they would like to email me, or I would even, if someone can't afford the book, I would send them a copy. I would send them a signed copy. But I... I always put my email in the back of the book because you never know. I actually, one of my second books, I was doing a book signing and a man bought my book, came back like two hours later with tears in his eyes. And he said, "Um, I bought your book for my daughter, but I read it in the parking lot. He said, I have stage four cancer. My wife has left me. I have nothing to look forward to. Your book restored my hope and that's what i want to do i want to restore people's hope in a a loving a loving god who is always there for us he's always he's there to restore Mm -hmm. us back to him amen may may i may i give uh, your email then sure it's deja d-e-j-a-h zero five at gmail there, there you have it. Deja 05, D-E-J-A-H 
1-800-242-0505 at gmail.com. Uh, if, if you would like the book, can't afford the book, contact uh, Deja, and she has kindly offered to send you uh, a copy of this. Yep, and I'll sign it, too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Are you going to beat that, friends? That's right. Well, Deja, thank you so much for joining me and, and having this conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and God bless you. God, God bless you. Friends, that's all we've got today on uh, WCN-TV. Uh, just remember, the show is also live on Rumble. Please share this show with your friends and family and on your social media platforms. And we will see you again next time here on WCN-TV. God bless.